I'm Mari Anderson, and this is Millennials Don't Suck. Welcome back. Uh, it's been a little while since I've released an episode, and that's for kind of a variety of reasons. Uh, I've been working really hard on launching this new podcast network called Curious Audio. Uh, we have four shows right now. This show, In the Band Podcast, hosted by Michael Goldman. Uh, Paying Podcast, which is a podcast I've been producing um, for the last year. Uh, it's a series of contemporary audio plays based on oral histories from hungry families all over America. Um, so with with several more shows launching this summer. So I've been really, you know, diving deep into this and, and uh, thus have had to take a bit of a break from MDS, but I am back. And this, I feel like, is the perfect episode to come back with because uh, Andrew Dunn is the founder of Ciempo, which is a company that's attempting to tackle what I think is the most significant issue of our time, which is our, 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 our brain's psychological dependence on uh, the dopamine that we get from our technology, our cell phones, our, our social media, etc. And so what Ciempo is doing is actually redesigning interfaces on our phones to better serve us, um, to maybe not distract us as much, to allow us to have a better relationship with the way that we use our technology. Um, and from my perspective, you know, you kind of look at the different issues that we're facing, whether it's sort of the the, the political situation, the media situation, um, the economic situation. And I think that there's an argument to be made that a lot of the problems we're facing is because people are so distracted and so anxious um, as a result of, of the, the fire hose of information that we're constantly being subjected to. And so I really loved getting the chance to interview Andrew and hear more about Ciempo. Um, and I really think you guys will will enjoy this conversation. Uh, and I, I just want to say thank you for staying with us. It's uh, It's been a journey on this podcast. You know, we launched in 2016 with one of my best friends, Matt Little. Um, we, we had such an amazing time doing it for about seven months before he had a massive stroke. And um, actually... I, I was with him this weekend, just sort of talking and reflecting about everything that's happened. And it's it's pretty amazing that in, in starting this podcast, it has launched, you know, me personally down this road of podcasting, whereas to now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a producer. I produce, you know, um, anywhere between 10 and 15 projects at any given time. And and uh, I, I love, love doing it. And part of what's so enjoyable is getting to talk to and, and connect with and, and learn from all of the amazing people that, uh, that agree to come on this show and talk to me. Um, so thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for sticking with us. I hope that, uh, that you check out the rest of the podcast on Curious Audio, In the Band, Pang, uh, Life Rights, which I, I host with my great friend Max Carver. Um, we're going to be launching several more shows this summer, so please keep an eye out for those as well. Uh, and and if you haven't yet, please uh, please go subscribe to those shows as well. 
um, it does us a huge favor, and, and we're going to be announcing um, some very cool partnerships with some opportunities for some some cool uh, deals for you guys as well in a little while, in the next couple of weeks. So so look out for that as well. But um, until then, here is Andrew Dunn, the founder of Ciempo. Uh, here we go. Okay, here I am today with Andrew Dunn, the founder of Ciempo, one of my favorite new products, services, startups. I don't really know exactly how to categorize it. You probably can tell me better than I can. How are you, man? I'm well, Ari. Thanks for having me. Happy solstice. Happy solstice. Yeah, you just told me it's it's the solstice. I didn't realize Apparently, there, you know, San Francisco. There's going to be a lot of revelry uh, this weekend. <laughs> a little bit. Very cool. Um, so, tell us about Ciempo. What I, I when you told me about this when we met, maybe a year ago or something like that. I was so into it, but I, I think the world needs to know. So, tell us about it. Absolutely, and the world does need to know because right now the world wakes up to a vending machine of corporate logos being shoved down their soul a hundred times a day. And I think as long as that's the case, as long as that's what we're telling the universe, that this is what mankind values, we're not going to make it. And I'm not one of these doomsday people. I'm aware of some of the challenges we have around climate and whatnot. But it, to me, it's opportunity. It's like, wow, what, what do we want the home screen of the planet to say? What should 5 billion people be marching to? And when you think about these basically 5 billion magic wands, compasses in our pocket that are orienting us towards a certain direction, what other directions could they orient us towards? Could they orient us back to ourselves and to deep human connection and right relationship with the earth? And so that's a question I've been sitting with for a few years now. I am a millennial. I don't suck too much, but I was <laughs> addicted to smartphones and social media for a lot of my teenage years and college and a little bit beyond in a way that I feel like just got in the way of every part of my life and limited my potential. And you know, five, 10 years ago, nobody was really talking about this issue. Right. I was fortunate to have the opportunity to work in India for a little while after college. And I wasn't spiritually motivated or anything. But once I got there, I had some experiences, namely one where I found myself traveling alone in a town with no Wi-Fi. And it was the first time in about a decade that I wasn't connected to the internet. And it was as if 10 years of go, go, go and jumping through hoops and sucked in the screens just came to a pause. And then I was free and clear and alive and I was high on life for a few days. And I was just like, what have I been doing? <laughs> I started to question everything right. and especially this, this magic wand in my pocket that is supposed to be really helpful and it is really helpful and it also has a lot of harmful externalities. And so I, I spent a little time trying to figure out how to create better habits and I tried different productivity apps to set up my systems for success. And it, I kept kind of coming back to the same issues didn't really see any good solutions out there and just sense that this was a massive problem. This was way before I started thinking about existential threats to life on earth. <laughs> it was just like, wow, I feel shitty. I want to feel better. How can my phone do that? So I started working on some solutions and then one thing led to another. And now Ciempo is creating technology that protects and promotes human thriving. And the way that we're doing that to start is with a new smartphone interface on Android 
that's designed to protect you against the persuasive techniques of all the addicting apps. So we looked at the operating system from the home screen to the app icons, the experience inside of an app, notification tray, and we asked ourselves, how can we protect you from the thousands of engineers whose job it is day and night to figure out how to grab your attention and hold it for as long as possible? And those people aren't evil. It's just those are the incentives of this extractive attention economy where it's a race to the bottom of the brainstem. And if they don't do the the new thing to autoplay or infinite scroll, the other guy's going to do it and they're going to generate more ad dollars, which will move the stock price and, you know, the world will keep progressing and everyone's happy. Right. It's essentially the game game theorying of of, uh, the attention economy. Exactly. And so I'm not sure if you've seen Tristan Harris in the Center for Humane Technology. He's one of the key mm-hmm. thought leaders yeah, I, in this space. I interviewed uh, Max Stossel a couple of years ago, actually. Oh, he's, fantastic. He's involved with that as well. Yeah. yeah, Max is great. Yeah. And so Tristan released this new agenda for tech a couple months ago. And the, the central message is, how can we design a race for the top for well-being so that these companies are competing to help Ari when Ari is lonely and help his, his productivity and his relationships? Right now, we don't really have that. And so mm. how can we shift the incentives and motivate more people to get involved with this movement that is really, I, th- I think next to climate change, it's, it's kind of like the consciousness and form aspect. It's we need to shift how we're thinking about things in order to then collaborate and kind of wake up from this hypnosis and uh, like spend time on what matters. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. You know, I think, I've been thinking a lot about this too because I I really complete like I I think it is the biggest problem facing humanity. I think it's bigger like I I think he, we've proven that we've been able to, you know, innovate out of really complex problems and so although global warming terrifies me, I do think that we're going to to a certain degree figure out solutions, but this addiction, collective addiction to to technology and smartphones um to me is, is much scarier because it's, uh, it's like the, the, <laughs> I've been, I've been in my head, I've been calling it like the new religion. Mm. Like it's the new sort of palliate or like uh, opiate for the masses. Right. Yeah. And because these screens and apps are designed by and large the same way, regardless of what geography you're in, we, we've kind of, we kind of have this codified, uh, value system embedded into the technology experience and we're realizing mm-hmm. that it's not serving the whole and so how can we shift that and it seems like i mean from, based on the people that i've talked to you know i'm down here in la obviously people are super into smartphones and instagram and everything but like it's it seems like the conversation is happening in silicon valley where it's like you know tech people don't let their kids mm-hmm. use iPads when they're little and like they all know but it sort of is like a yeah it's not my kids is is that do you think that's is that is that the case for the most part or is is it more of a spectrum I think it's a spectrum I think it's it's not so black and white uh many of these people have families they want to do the right thing that's why they came to companies like Facebook and Google and they're they're trying to figure out how they can how they can shift what the company does in a way that doesn't uh, cannibalize revenue. And it's also challenging when your job depends on you hitting certain goals, then you're going to do it. So 
I think there's a lot of good movements, both from startups, from consumer advocacy groups, and internally inside of these companies to, to really address this. And so that's not the case, so that people can actually feel good about the stuff that they're creating. How, how, how do you think the, the whole screen time thing in the iOS, um, do you think it was sort of like a, a Band-Aid, or, or do, you, do you see Apple like trying to do more of this? Oh, yeah. I was quoted last year saying that it's like a casino putting up clocks and gambling addiction pamphlets, but not actually changing anything yeah, about the I casino. See. And so it's a great start. Right. It is raising awareness for a lot of people. I, I hear a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people think it induces some shame and it doesn't actually arm them with any powerful behavior design tools because awareness is an important step in behavior change, but uh, you need you need tools to set yourself up for success. And so I think that's really the role that Sampo plays. We're showing the world what's possible mm-hmm. and we're helping people set up their systems for success so they don't have to make all these little micro decisions throughout the day about... Uh, I think I've been on Instagram too long, but we actually help them before they decide to go on Instagram, when they decide to go on Instagram. And we have default, like by default, if you gave your child a smartphone with Siempo on it, it is going to help them build better habits. But unfortunately, every kid wants an iPhone and tools like uh, tools like Siempo aren't allowed on iOS at the moment, which is something that we're actively working towards happening. Yeah, I was going to ask, it seems like Apple wouldn't necessarily be incentivized to allow tools like Sampo into the iOS. Definitely not. In fact, last year, Apple started purging the App Store of all the competing time tracking and blocking apps. Ah. And it was through advocacy efforts um, in, in my digital wellness community that we pushed back hard and got Apple to reinstate those. Wow, very cool. Good job. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it felt like this David and Goliath thing. Actually, have you seen Avatar? Of course. Yeah, so uh, it's wild. A couple of years ago, I, I was on a meditation retreat, and I had this little vision of kind of doing what Jake did midway through the movie, where he goes around Pandora, rallying all the tribes to unite for this common mission. And I was like, wow, what is that? And then a year later, that's that's sort of what I did. I, I wanted to make some noise about how Apple was hurting the ecosystem and so since i had been building friendships with all of my quote-unquote competitors i was able to call them up and get them to sign a change.org petition and then we were all in an email chain and a slack channel and now it's it's an industry trade association called digital wellness collective and it has almost 100 members paying sharing resources sharing ideas and that was really instrumental in getting people to talk about how they were affected and then organize and push back, talk to journalists, talk to other people that could help um, save their businesses. That sounds amazing. Um, I I saw a story yesterday and I I made a mental note of wanting to talk to you about it. Apparently there's new research out of Australia that young people are growing little, little uh, basically like horns or little extra bones in the back backs of their heads like in the sort of the base of their uh like where their neck meets their head because they're like looking down at their phone so much wow <laughs> i uh i i feel like that's it's good pr for you so i'll send you the article <laughs> once uh <laughs> thanks um but it, i mean it oh my god yeah when you said horns i just started like questioning what is this guy talking about but i see it on google search right now right horns are 
focusing on young people's skulls. Yeah. Phone use is to blame, research suggests. Washington Post and New York Times <laughs> and Today's Show. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. It's What? It's it's crazy. <sighs> wow. That's such a like I don't know, like biblical mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's something funny there. There's absolutely something funny there. And there's something like I feel like like people start to take things more seriously when there's like physical manifestations, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. So I feel like that, that, that could be an interesting sort of point of argument for you of like, look at what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Our children wow. are growing horns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the research around the problem is really fascinating. There's, there's a lot of bad data out there and instinctively I know that it's, I, I believe that it's a major problem. I, I don't think it requires a ton of research to show that it's making people less happy and less connected and no. and less focused. Um, and in our in our messaging, where I think in an earlier era we were a bit more kind of postmodern, angry, like this is what's wrong with the attention economy right. and fuck big tech. And I think we've we've grown up a little bit and we try to take this meta modern approach, which is. Like, yeah, yes to big tech. Big tech is doing incredible things for the world and they're they're trying to figure out how to solve this problem. You know, yes to the critique of big tech, yes to aestheticism. Like we want to integrate all perspectives because all are partial and true. And uh yeah, Siempa wants to stand for something that's more more balanced, more integrated, more this is the reconstruction, this is the way that we can find a balanced relationship with technology and help us uh with you know becoming superhumans that we are i mean i see it i see it i I see it in my own life it's so difficult to create habits around this stuff even if you know that it's bad like i know that it's really bad for me to look at my phone before i go to sleep i know that when i read before bed as opposed to like scrolling reddit before i go to bed i sleep better at night yet there's still that dopamine you know the desire for dopamine right it's such a powerful thing Mm -hmm. It's powerful, and if we if we put energy and resources into figuring out how we can design it to protect you, um, I believe a lot of those problems will go away, and, and that's really what we're trying to do. So we pivoted to open source a few months ago because we sense that nice. there's a growing community of really passionate developers and designers that want to work on mission-driven stuff, and yep. now we have about 15 people who've contributed um, from data science, oh, design, development. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome because, one, I love community building. And two, we got different perspectives, different voices in the room. And three, it's uh, it's kind of movement building. It's this is this is like we're creating a channel for people who want to step up and engage and plug in. And we're hoping to create this new center of gravity in Silicon Valley for people who really want to work on this stuff. And so, if anyone out there is listening and has skills, uh, even if it if it's marketing, if it's community management, data, front and back, like we'd love to chat. Um, Andrew at Siempo.co. <laughs> Andrew at Siempo. And we'll put this in like the the notes and everything as well for the show. Cool. Um, so your background is is in before this, you you worked in tech companies, correct? Yeah. I I studied business in undergrad and towards the end I was gravitating towards entrepreneurship because it just felt it felt more aligned with my personality and a great way to channel creativity in an impactful way. I wound up working for a few tech startups after college in the U.S. and abroad. Where abroad? India, Indonesia, Singapore, Cambodia. Oh man, crazy! 
what was your favorite place? Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, what just came to mind, this, this island called Lombok, which is next to Bali, and is a lot more rustic. And there was this, uh, on the southern end, Kuta Lombok, it was this barren beach that I spontaneously found myself wandering for a few hours. It felt like I was on the end of the earth. And at that point in my life, that like, that was kind of true. I was in between big decisions and it, it was just like, I don't know, that, that place was just leaving my jaw permanently dropped. We don't realize how important it is for us to be totally alone sometimes. Hmm. I think, I think that, uh, that sort of is part of the modern human condition is that we're at least in cities, like you don't really ever just get solitude anymore. And I, I think it's something that we're all kind of thirsty for. Oh yeah. Solitude is so powerful. Maybe someone needs to create an app for finding solitude nearby in terms of space yeah. and time. Cause if there's one thing I, I keep relearning is that it's whenever I step away from the doing, the working, the screens, and whether that's in meditation or hiking or a little di- digital detox, it's, it's just that's where all the clarity and the magic and the, the love for everything and everyone comes through. Totally. I, t- I completely agree. And y- you, so you were working at a startup did you have this idea for Ciempo and you're like, I got to do it. I got to leave. Or, or mm-hmm. was, was it more sort of uh, nebulous than that? I actually, the seed of my ideation around digital wellness came while working at one of those companies. I, I noticed what I just told you about how when I was in nature on the weekends, that's when all the good ideas would come through. I'd be like, oh, wow. I need to work on that relationship or, oh, this is a fun idea I can implement. And I would take that back to office on Monday and, uh, and do it. And it made me better at my job because, mm-hmm. you know, working in a VC-backed startup, it's just always on 24-7, go, go, go. And I was in a learning and development role. I started in business operations and just gradually moved towards more of the, the culture, the org dev side of the house because at the time it, it was more interesting to me. And it's still very interesting you know, the experience of a human at an organization. And I was thinking of creative ways that we could get people to do what I was doing and then bring their ideas back. And so I was playing with this idea of a little, like maybe I could hollow out a chapstick bottle and roll up a little piece of paper, kind of like those slap bracelets and put a little golf pen inside. So it's like an easy way to have a notebook with you when yeah, you would put your phone down and then go out into the world, maybe a jog, you know, hiking, meditate, whatever. And then you could get your thoughts down easily without having to carry a big notebook or without having to take out your phone, open it, go to the notes app, type it, you know. And then that turned into this, uh, I tried to create a wearable. I was like, oh, wait, there's technology tools out there. I could use, um, I could use, um, mechanical and electrical engineering talents to create a wearable that is like a transcription ring. So you can imagine one of those, uh, there's a few wearable rings out there where you, you press your thumb down to record a voice note. And then when you're back in range of your phone, it would transfer by Bluetooth and transcribe in your notes app as if you had had your phone on you. I was just trying to figure out how can we get people to put down their phones, go out and live their life. And then whatever nuggets of wisdom come through, they have a way to get that back. And short of building a brain-computer interface, which depends on who you talk to, is like five or 50 years away where someone can transcribe <laughs> your thoughts. 
I thought it really is like either five or five or 50 years away. It seems like there's a huge uh, span in, in the estimations there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I ended up leaving that company. Um, We had some differences and then I started working more on that wearable. And then while pitching it at a hardware meetup, because I'd chickened out on karaoke the night before and I was like, okay, I got to do it. I got to pitch this thing. I, uh, I met this other guy who was pitching a mindful phone. He was, oh right. yeah, Siempo actually started as a hardware project and it was kind of love at mm. first sight. And we, we started talking and then we wound up working together and we, we were on this hardware path for a while, did a Kickstarter campaign for it, which got a lot of buzz. This was two and a half years ago, but didn't hit its goal. And we got a lot of feedback that people would much prefer a software version of this. And because Android allows us to create an alternative home screen interface launcher, we decided mm-hmm. to go on that path. And I think that's that's so key because a lot of the products in this space are tackling smaller point solutions. And as far as I know, we're, we're still like the only company that actually looked at the entire operating system and was like, how can we make a better one? And we basically took all what those are, learnings from the hardware path and translated to software. That's actually, that's, that's really interesting thinking about how those would translate. But w- so like, what are the big... In thinking about like, okay, how do we fundamentally re-engineer this to make it so it's better for human beings? Like what what are some of those big, big things that you think that, or that you've implemented that are like to you, like sort of the, the, the game changers of this product? Mm-hmm. What we've done so far is just the tip of the iceberg. What we've done is looked at the home screen and said, okay, do we want a vending machine of corporate logos competing for our attention 150 times a day? or something else. And so the something else that we've started with is that we don't allow icons on the home screen. So it's just a pretty background. And then in the middle, we have a little intention field where you enter an intention, a mantra, um, something that would be more skillful for you to see 100 times a day. And you can edit that right from the home screen. Then we looked at the notification, sorry. No, I was gonna, yeah, that that was my next question. Yeah, so, so what's cool about that is we've introduced the concept of having an intention to tens of thousands of people who've now viewed millions of intentions. And, um, you know, I don't know what percent of them are actually, like, internalizing that and going out in the world and doing it, but I imagine some people are. And then for notifications, which are a big culprit for a lot of people, often cited as one of the most annoying things about their phone, we give you the ability to batch notifications. So you can decide if you want them all the time or every 15 or 30 minutes or at the top of the hour mm. or maybe once a day after lunch kind of like the mail and then you can vip certain apps that can break through so if you're if you communicate on slack and that's important but you want to drown out all the noise throughout the workday, you can arrange that so we're giving people more customization over how they're interrupted because your phone should be smart enough to know when you don't want to be interrupted and right now it's very logic based just based on certain parameters but moving forward, we can do it based on location and based on phone habits throughout the day and proximity to your partner, things like that. Wow. I mean, that to me, that's, that's the real game changer of this possibility. Like imagining I, the, the analogy that you use there is so perfect. It was just like, yeah, getting the mail once a day, like <laughs> why for, for, for things besides calls, like, or texts or, you know, I guess, some emails or whatever that's that's really what it should be is like you get you you know you get your whatever the you know the 
the the vending machine wants to send you once a day, right? Right. It's uh, a lot of notifications are corporations trying to schedule your thoughts, and they've gotten really good about A/B testing the best way and time and copy to to do that. And yeah, we're just we're just providing protection so that these tools, so that we get the most out of these tools without them getting anything more out of us. And what uh, do you? Is this it's an existing app on Android right now? Yeah, you can download it in the Play Store, Siempo, S I E M P O, and then there's there's a whole bunch more. So all the app icons are off to the side, and we've unbranded and grayscaled all the icons. And this is a mm. setting you can always turn it off. And then we have them in a tier, so your tools are closest, and you assign one app to one tool. So you know, Lyft to your Rides app, Audible to your Books app, and then the the third page is apps that you flagged as distracting. And we, we prompt you to do this during onboarding and we'll recommend huh. social media, news media, gaming. And so this is really cool because it kind of paints this attentional warfare uh, analogy where that's, that's often what's happening when you open your phone. There's, there's the shiny logos and the notifications and all these things competing for your attention. But when you land on this page of distracting apps, they're still unbranded in grayscale we actually use a letter. So if it's Tinder, it's just the letter T. Hmm. And it's lower contrast compared to the other app icons because we have a neuroscience advisor and that's more important to attentional processing in the brain than, um, than color. Really? Then, yeah. That's fascinating. Because I do, the, I do the, the grayscale thing on my iPhone as well. And it's, I, 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 a friend told me about it and I was like, yeah, your, your brain... It's like 25% of the information that your brain normally receives from a color screen. I was like, oh my God. But so you're telling me that the contrast is actually more determinant of, you know, the, the level of addictiveness of the phone than the, the color itself. Right. So if it's really dark contrast, it's going to grab your attention. Fascinating. The grayscale thing is helpful and it's it's imperfect and it's you know this 13 step setting to turn on and there's no way to make it intelligent so but like mm-hmm. it's it's the right direction i'm i'm happy that people are coming up with those solutions and so so not only do we lower the contrast but we randomize the location of the app every time you go to that page so your thumb is less likely to habituate to knowing where wow. it is that is really cool wait there's i i <laughs> okay sorry 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 <laughs> and then we, we also remind you of your intention on that page. And then this is like the coolest thing in the world that I don't know how people haven't like tried to copy or whatever. And if you're out there, we want you to copy this. Like, we're creating this as a gift to the world. Um, when you open one of these flagged apps, we have a screen cover that comes up. And you can set at however many minutes you want the screen cover to come up. It could come up on, on zero minutes or on five, 20. But imagine a little digital curtain closing. Where at first it's uh, it's really small. It's just you know a few pixels high, but as time goes, it grows bigger and bigger, and so it's gently nudging you and taking up more of the screen. And so it, it gets a little harder to use Instagram and to view all the photos. And on that screen cover, we tell you how much time you've spent. We offer you alternative options, and we also surface um, prompts like "How are you feeling about this?" and "Remember, like this is your intention for the day." And I mean, what's, what's amazing about this is companies now rely on notifications to try to get you to do something and notifications are annoying and they get lost in the sea of mm-hmm. notifications. And what we're able to do is paint pixels over apps and really intervene when we know that 
you don't want to be on 15 minutes of Instagram. And the opportunities expanding on this are incredible because we can leverage things like biometrics to actually look at stress levels. And we can use things like breath animations when we detect that your heart rate variability is a certain way. There's just like so many ways that we can help you as you're using the phone. This is this is just, I mean, to me, this is probably the single best application of technology I've heard of in a while. <laughs> I would imagine you're, you're getting, um, do, do sort of the big tech companies see you sort of as like an enemy at this point? Because you are cutting it like, your stated intention is is to cut into their profits, no? We we would like to take a friendly, collaborative approach with big tech companies, and I've met with um, I've met with people at these companies to talk about what we're doing. We've also been mm. a little under the radar. It's still in beta. It's it's a big lift to to really get this right, and we there's just a lot of low hanging fruit that we're tackling right. in terms of. Um, retention impacting bugs and industry standard features like we're, we're not just creating an app we're, we're creating a whole new smartphone interface the new home screen for the planet and um, so we haven't put a lot of energy wow. into really getting the word out there we've we've also done a lot of uh, personal work I think the coolest thing about Siempo is it's permissioned me as a founder to take time away from technology and work on myself because I've learned that whatever we create is an expression of who we are and what we value, all our fears and biases and developmental traumas. And I am a flawed, imperfect human being. I, um, you know, everyone has their stuff. And so I've tried to work on my stuff. And that's led me to learning about developmental psychology and meditation and yoga practices and just mm-hmm. other sources of wisdom that I can then discern okay what's going to serve this organization and this product and so this this time of year is so funny i just realized yesterday because it was uh it was in 2016 like within a few days of this day that i met the the mindful phone guy at the harbor meetup which like fundamentally changed my life then it was 2017 that i was on a meditation retreat and i i basically this was in between the hardware and software pivot and we were looking for a new ceo and I wasn't really feeling called or qualified to it based on my own insecurities and my own experiences in the business world. And then on a, on a retreat, it was just such a clear knowing of, wait, I can do this. I, I can see where this is going and I am ready to lead. And then last year around this time, it was, it was a decision to slow down. We were having a lot of fundraising challenges because it's such an emergent market category. It's contrarian. I'm not a seasoned tech entrepreneur. And Apple had just come out with screen time. It's like all these things. We, we had a couple, a couple investors back out. And it was like, whoa, I, I'm also burnt out AF. I, I think we need to put things on pause. I need to take the summer to sense into these tectonic landscape changes and get reflective and take care of myself. And then that's when things like this open source vision came through and becoming a public benefit corporation and um, being financed by our our community through equity crowdfunding, which we're planning to do uh, in the near future. And very exciting. Yeah. And it's like, and then literally like two days ago, there was another big moment um, that uh, let's just say it's, I'm, 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 I'm persistently amazed at how much higher we can go in terms of our thinking and our, uh, our capacity to to bring this forward, if that makes sense. It's 
like it just it never ends the, there's there's limitless potential and so I'm, I'm in a space right now being really jazzed about what the future of sample looks like because in addition to the product like we're we want to bring this product into the world and we want to do it with integrity and i i think it requires a certain upgrade to the the corporate and organizational operating system in order to do that and and that's what we've been dancing with a lot recently it's what is the best um the best pole the best channel vessel for this energy to move through that's out in the field like people want this this needs to happen and what sampo is trying to do is is be that channel for it to bring into the world it seems like you you're somebody who really thinks about sort of problems on a on a societal and a global scale so i'm I'm curious my instinct the last couple of years is like this is the single biggest root of a lot of the issue like you know sort of everybody feels like society is collapsing at any given moment and my instinct tells me that it's mostly because of smartphone and and social media what when you think about this issue like what do you think about how how are you thinking about it 10, 20, 30 years down the line? We have to think about it on that time scale. Like if we want to be around in 200 years, we, we need to be thinking like, mm-hmm. what does this look like in 30 years? And I think that's why we're spending a lot of time doing the personal work right now so that we're directing this in the right way and we're, we're cohering with the right people and asking the right questions so that we build the right thing. And yeah, I mean, hmm. I mean that's one of the big reasons why we want to be financed by our community. Equity crowdfunding is this really amazing innovation that allows non-accredited investors, which is like you know most normal people, to mm-hmm. participate in in the potential upsides of startup ownership. And then that means that businesses don't need to rely on capital that is a bit more short-term focused and might have certain strings attached, and it's actually pretty uh, the way that the way that you just explain it now. I mean, it's it's pretty revolutionary in a certain sense. I feel like part of part of the you know the frustration with Silicon Valley is that it's just sort of is this echo chamber of wealth that doesn't really go outside of Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, and and this is uh, what you're talking about is is kind of a a, a complete shift. Yeah, that, okay. it seems like that'll change the incentive structure for a lot of startups. I think so. I believe already thousands of startups have used equity crowdfunding platforms like WeFunder, Republic, Seed Invest, Micro Ventures. I think the real estate industry is also seeing a lot of this. But mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it it's it's just a win 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 across the board. I think a lot of these projects with passionate communities are tapping into some truth that we all feel. And it's, it's amazing to, um, to co-create that together because a lot of businesses operate in a silo and they're not very transparent. And, mm. But there's so much potential energy out there. People want to help. They want to help with their resources, with their skills, with their, their social network. And that's what we're playing into. It's like this summer, Siempo is throwing a party. And whoever you are, if you're interested in this, there's a way you can help. You can support us on Patreon and eventually crowd equity campaign. You can use your skills um, to build this new home screen for the planet. You can spread the word. You can give a talk in your local community. And going back to what you said about like wealth in Silicon Valley, yeah, there's there's so much 
resource out there. And one of my other big passions in life is figuring out how to let those resources flow into transformative people and projects that are really birthing this new world in the shell of the old. And it's amazing to track how millennials are inheriting lots of wealth from boomers and even in the most conservative of families, uh, it, it's often that younger, um, the younger generation is very progressive and has very uh, interesting ideas and, and networks to, to tap into. And it's also interesting to track how people are feeling more activated uh, because of the 2016 election and things like meditation and plant medicine, fundamentally reorienting how people want to be in the world. And I've been trying to personally lean into that because I, I grew up in a very um, upper middle class privileged environment. And I'm trying to use those privileges to, uh, to help others who don't have them. And one of those ways is um, one of the companies I was at recently or before Sampo has, has done really well. And because I was an earlier employee, I have some stock. And last summer when I was having all these ideas about how Sampo can help the world, I was like, fuck, if only I had a magic wand, I would hire this person. I would do that thing. Like I can do mm -hmm. it. But this fundraising thing is just so annoying and hard. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, I have a magic wand. It's just that the conventional wisdom is that you don't sell that stock because it's going to go 10, 100x. And so right. I sold it. And that's changed everything. And it's not right. only helped Tiempo survive and get to the next stage, but it's also like, there's just so many opportunities. When I hear that someone is uh, needing help with something, um, like I, I've sponsored several people um, to go on uh, like meditation retreats and, and therapy. I've gifted. Um, I, I've invested in some of these equity crowdfunding projects like Neurohacker Collective and Fluid Project because I believe in mm. the leadership and I want to see more of that work in the world. What, what, is, what is Neurohacker Collective? That sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They, they make nootropics. Oh, cool. And their leadership is really inspiring to me, um, namely Daniel Schmachtenberger, who's a neuroscientist, systems thinker, and has gained a really... A big following around some of these ideas about win-win hmm. paradigm and this, yeah, this paradigm shift that's happening and necessary right now if we don't want to self-terminate as a civilization. <laughs> self-terminate is a is is such a seemingly benign but actually terrifying uh, terminology to use. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just finding uh, different ways to to show up and. You know, knowing that I'm I'm not I'm unlikely to be homeless, I can always go back, um, go back home and restart, and mm -hmm. yeah, really trying to shift that scarcity mindset to one of more abundance and show up in this time of great transition. Like, what time is it on planet Earth? I I want to model what it looks like to align your resources with your heart and have more people taking those risks because there's. Yeah, we, we we can do it, but we we need some fuel and we need some support. Absolutely. So, what are the best ways people can get involved here? Like, so obviously, download Ciampo. Uh, is, is there is is there sort of is there a community of 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 these? Like you you mentioned earlier, there's like you know the um like the digital wellness working group or something. But for just like an average Joe like me, what can I do to help? Mm. Yeah, 
I would I would start conversations in in your community about technology usage and hmm. how how we can help each other be accountable, how we can set boundaries like if if it's your family maybe not having phones at the dinner table or trying mm-hmm. to take a little digital Shabbat on Saturday, just Saturday mornings, just for a few hours. Like what would it look like if you wake up and don't look at screens, but instead flow with whatever your body's feeling. Digital Shabbat is great. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've gotten a little lazy about it, but, but yeah, also, yeah, if you're on Android, download Siempo. Um, we're planning on an iPhone product in the near future. It's, it's going to look a little different, but it'll be awesome. And um, yeah, we, we have this open source community that we're, we're building. We're on GitHub. We are involved with that digital wellness collective. And so if you're a professional or a community leader who is working or wants to work in this space, I would highly recommend getting in touch and becoming a member. Mm. There's a lot of, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's the place to go if you want to plug in. And then Center for Humane Technology also, humanetech.com. They're also uh, a great place to plug into. And yeah, I don't know, like look up from your phone and try to, uh, yeah, it's hard. I don't want to be so prescriptive about like what someone should be doing with their life. But in my personal experience, I've, a lot of, a lot of beauty and joy and richness has come from this journey. And that, and that's why it's so important to me. That's why I'm, it's literally my life's work at this point. I'm kind of going all in on, on this thing that I, I want to see in the world because the, the benefits it unlocks for some people who cut their usage down from five hours a day to two hours a day. It's like, holy fucking shit. People have thanked us for saving their life, for giving them their family back, things like that. It's, and I, when I hear those things, like I, I cry tears of joy, just thinking about the grandchildren of that person who are now going to be better off. And yeah, it's, you know, like the, the karmic ROI of what we're doing and what you can do by helping someone who is struggling Mm with this is it's hard to compare well on that inspiring note let's uh let's let's sign off here but this was such a pleasure to talk and so cool to hear about you know the positive the positive stuff that you're doing and i personally would love to be involved so i would love to talk offline about how how i can help because i to me this is the biggest issue that we're facing collectively Mm mm-hmm I appreciate that, Ari. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. All right, we'll talk soon. Talk soon.